Radio. Does my hair look okay if I run no hat? What if I run just that, that little bit over there fucks me, eh? Radio. Hey going, my name's Jake Kerr. <coughs> no. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number 34. I'd like to welcome you. I am Jake Kerr, your host, the host of the Black Ink Podcast. All episodes right up until now, I've been the host. Nothing has changed. I'm still here. I'm the guy that you tune in to listen to, right? Uh, Today is Thursday. Uh, No, today is Wednesday, but for you it is Thursday because obviously I post this the day after. So it is Thursday right now. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about today and how I got to where I'm at right now because I wasn't going to record a podcast. I was feeling average. I, you know, if you're not up to date, or if you don't know, I wake up very early in the mornings, two, three o'clock in the morning. I do all my posting, and then I start my day at about six o'clock, doing whatever I'm going to do. And today, long story short, I got out of bed at six o'clock. So normally, all my posting is done before five. All my engaging with all my Instagram accounts is done before four, and all my planning and everything is done before three. And of course, I have my little routine that I do before I start doing any of that. So waking up at six o'clock was a huge. It's just a disappointment, you know what I mean? Like when I wake up that late, it's just like, okay, you stayed in bed, you know, you cuddled the dog, you know, it's nice and warm, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, like I don't hurt anyone except me when I do that. For every day that I don't post at the exact right time and I don't get the most amount of potential viewers and likers and commenters on my post, the only person that hurts is me. And then there's like a step down of like who it hurts after that. Because obviously if I don't do well, then I have to go get a normal job. You know what I mean? If I don't do well between the, you know, me not doing well and me getting another job, I'm going to run out of money, which means then my family is affected, you know, and I'm relying on the people around me to keep me afloat. So it's kind of like the first part of it is just like, pull your fucking head in for you. But also like, if you want to make sure that every morning you get the decision as to whether you want to stay in bed until six o'clock or get up at two o'clock and hustle, if you want to keep that decision as your own, then you have to go and hustle every day. You have to do it so many times that the fucking discipline and the routine of it becomes so essential that you wake up at two o'clock anyway to do the damn thing. Why? Because I'm hustling. You know what I mean? So like, I, when I wake up at that time, it's always like, cool, I got a bit of a sleep in and like, yeah, I did work on the coffee van yesterday. So I was already, I was fatigued already. I went to bed at about nine o'clock last night, which is about an hour later. And obviously waking up at two o'clock means I was only going to get five hours of sleep. So, you know, pushing that right out to six o'clock, what, two to three to four to five to six, five, so it made it like nine hours of sleep. And obviously it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm fucking firing on all cylinders. I've been working flat out all morning and all afternoon. So... I mean, it has its pros and its cons, but I do have that weird kind of... Man, I've always got a fucking guilt with myself, though. Like, I always feel like I should be achieving more. I should be doing more. You know, there's never... And also, like, the things that I enjoy doing are still grueling. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying this is anything like, oh, I'm such a badass. I'm Jocko Willink. It's like... And, you know, he is an actual badass. It's more to the point, like, my idea of having fun is going out on my push bike and, like, riding as hard as I can. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, I'll go out for a cruise and listen to fucking Miley Cyrus. It's like, nah, man, I'm just going to listen to music that I don't like and go up fucking hills that you shouldn't go up on push bikes. Well, I do like the music, but you know what I mean? It's it's such an interesting thing. I always feel like I am chasing this, uh, like, expectation, this dragon of expectation that I'm like, you could be doing more, so you should be doing more. And also, like, I feel like, this is a thing. I was thinking about this yesterday, like, 
my smoking cigarettes essentially came from watching people older than me smoking and assuming that's what you do, right? My like, and this whole catalyst of thinking about this came about when I thought like, well, why do people say these little like, um, oh, bless your cotton socks and things like that? It's because they heard people that are older than them saying that and then they replicated it, wanting to replicate that person. So, and stick with me here. So when you hear someone saying something cool and you want to replicate that yourself and you're like, I want to be that sort of person, that's one thing. But I think there's a certain amount of shit that dribbles downhill from age. And I think the thing that we forget about that is that the reason why that person might be saying it is because they're actually older than us, right? Stick with me. The reason that this is important is because I feel like, like I'm 28. I should be energetic at every part of the day, right? I should wake up good to go. I shouldn't have any aches and pains in my body. It shouldn't hurt me to do anything. There shouldn't be anything holding me back. And if there is something holding me back, there is definitely some options that I should be able to take to make sure that I'm not held back. You know what I mean? Because being a 28-year-old male in 2021, you know, okay, let me be very fucking specific. Being me at 28 in 2021, there is no reason why I shouldn't be doing anything. There is no reason why I need extra sleep. There is no reason why I need to fucking... You know, like, oh, I think I'm just going to slow down a bit. No, motherfucker, you're 28. This should be the peak of the testosterone you're ever going to get in your whole life. This should be the time that you don't, you can go like three weeks in a row, you know, with five hours of sleep a night and working crazy long hours every day and just getting the shit done. People get scared of embracing the part of their life that they're meant to fucking be in. And more so, like, I've got friends that are like over 30 years old and they claim to be old. Bro, you're 30. It just started. You know what I mean? Like for me, I feel like I'm a fucking adult now, but I feel like I got here like two weeks ago. I feel like I just started figuring this out so much that I can actually talk about it with a bit of fucking confidence and talk about it in a sense like, hey man, I don't know. This is just what I'm figuring out. This is what I'm seeing. And trust me, if I do this every day, by the time I'm 55 years old, I'll tell you everything with confidence because by then I will have spoken about it, experienced it, trolled and errored it so much that I'll have some answers for you. But I feel like right now things have just started happening. I feel like for the first time in my fucking life in the past 12 months, I've been able to slow down and not trying to fuck everything. It's crazy. I can actually just be a person now, you know? I'm not doing this whole awkward thing of figuring my shit out. And look, I'll watch this back in 10 years time and I know that I'll say like, nah, bro, you were still figuring it out then. But what I'm saying is at the moment, I feel like everything is now settled down enough that I can actually apply myself to something like Black Ink. And in that, in that, I have endless amounts of energy for this thing. Now, it's really hard to be sensible about what that means because when you're you're doing like, oh, how much energy do I have? You're comparing it off, wait for it, your experience. If you're only comparing it off your experience, then that means that you can only compare it off versions of yourself that are younger. And we do know that with age comes like a, you know, the older that you get, the more that you slow down essentially. So by the time you're 80, you know, your body can't, repair itself and recover itself the same way it could when you were 18 right so what we do is we have this thing where we assume that like not assume sorry i said that sentence wrong so the way i see it is coming into this whole thing of like what black ink is and what it like the more i learn about black ink the more i learn what it requires to move forward and the more i realize there's heaps of work to be done right and the thing about all that work needing to be done is you think that there is only so much you can fit in a day or only so much that you can process or only so much that can be handled or the rest. Basically, 
And this is just replicating an idea that we've spoken about in other podcasts. We are replicating an idea in that you, you and your business or your outcome is only as good as what you can imagine it to be. So if I woke up this morning and said, right, I still woke up at six o'clock, but I'm still going to get like literally a hundred things on a list done today. Well, then if you can see it, all you got to do is figure it out and then go make it happen. You know what I mean? But if you say to yourself like, right, today is this, this and this job, your mind has already put walls around what is possible in your day and only kept the things that you've mentioned in your head within that possibility. So now if someone comes along with this, with this other thing and says, hey, we might do this today, we might do that today, you're just like, whoa, 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 I've, I've already got my walls up, I've got this, I don't need anything else, you know? So when I think about it, and this is the thing, I, 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 uh, I read a really great quote by Elon Musk today, he goes, I've worked 16 hours a day, seven days a week for the past however many years and people still think that I'm lucky. And man, that's exactly right. That's exactly fucking right. Like Elon Musk hit the nail on the head because the reality is like, I have people saying like, saying to me now when Black Ink isn't really doing that much, but they're just seeing it over and over and they're seeing their friends wear it and they're seeing it pop up here and there. They hear about things that are going to happen, the Black Ink are involved in and they're like, whoa, like Black Ink's done this thing. Like, bro, you're fucking surprised. You're surprised. I've been doing shit every day for the past eight months. If something wasn't starting to happen, then what the fuck is all the energy for? And I'm not saying like, are you surprised in that I'm angry they're bringing it up? What I'm saying is if you decided to do something and did it every day for eight months, I would be finding out about it. You know what I mean? Like you're just getting to the point where you find like absolute like purpose and drive in a direction that it doesn't make any sense that black ink wouldn't be huge one day. Otherwise, what is all this for? You know, why'd you put the bullet in the gun if you're not going to pull the trigger? So for me, now I'm like, that's where the guilt ties into it is you go like, right, am I kind of, am I dilly dallying when I should just be working? And like, even just before, like, oh, I'm, even though I, I slept, this is a contradictory thing to what I'm saying. I slept in late. I've done all this work this morning and I've, I've actually got a fucking heap of work done today. And I was saying to myself, like, right, I feel like I didn't have anything I wanted to talk about straight off the dome. So I was like, I'm not sure I exactly want to just go and talk about my day and talk about how I feel because I don't want to be one of these podcasts where it's about me. This is essentially about the experiences that I'm going through and expanding on the ideas that are related to that those experiences and being able to translate them and transmute them to the audience to you so that you can kind of take those, uh, what would you call it, like structures of thought or structures of like how, how to manage your life or how I'm managing my life and applying it to your life. That's what I feel like the podcast is really about. And obviously I talk about black ink and the and the, you know, the trials and tribulations and whatnot of what goes on behind the scenes. But that's like, I don't want to just go and record a podcast about, hey guys, I'm feeling pretty good today, I guess. You know, I don't want to be one of those guys. I don't want to talk about fucking apple juice or whatever. You know what the joke is if you've been listening. But so when I said to myself, like, right, what am I going to do? It's about that time in the afternoon where if you're going to go have a nap, now's the time. So it doesn't turn into like an early sleep that ends up fucking your pattern, uh, your sleeping pattern. And I thought... I, I'm just going to fucking put my nuts to the breeze and see if we can record a podcast. I want to see if I can just touch on something that's interesting to me that I can have a bit of fucking, a bit of voice behind. And man, that's how I fucking got here. Because I figured, I figured, and I'll tell you exactly how I got here. And all of a sudden this turned into a podcast about me telling you about my day and how I ended up getting here. But let, let's go there. I thought to myself again, I started this eight months ago, not the podcast, the black ink thing. And again, I have the decision to 
continue creating, continue making, even if I'm not feeling in the most proactive space. And this is the thing, it's really fun to talk about the podcast. Like if you came to me and said, what podcast should I listen to? I say, right, this one, this one, and this one, because these ones popped off, you know? And they're the ones that I pretty much knew before I sat down. I'm like, you just charged, you know what I mean? It's as if God is looking at you when I sit in this seat. I'm like, this one's gonna be good. And I know sitting down today that I don't feel like this one's gonna be anything special that I'll talk about or it'll get heaps of views or what, what have you, you know? But the point is you gotta keep doing it, right? The point is you gotta keep doing it even when you don't wanna do it because that's what all this is about. And even that hard work that I was doing before, the thing that I realized the most or the thing that I realize the most frequently is probably that the hardest jobs to do aren't necessarily the most difficult. They're the ones that are the hardest to look at. They're the ones that come to this assumption that it's gonna be a massive job that you know there's some sort of problem in there that you can't solve. But essentially when you just sit down and do it, you're like, oh, this is just going through the process. You know what I mean? Even if there is a problem to solve that I haven't solved before, it's just finding out what question I've got to ask, ask that question, get the answer and apply it, you know? And it's easy to go like, it's easy to separate like recording a podcast that you do every day for 45 minutes from the weird task of like trying to solve a problem that you haven't yet solved and going into that with confidence, knowing knowing that you will solve it. Essentially changing your mind from uh, like, I wonder what I can do to, to, to like, changing your mind from like not accepting failure, changing your, no, sorry, you're changing your mind from a place where you will accept failure as part of the equation. Instead of that, you replace it with going like, there is no possibility that I'm not gonna complete this task or, I'm, or that I am going to fail. So therefore, I just need to figure out the right way of doing it. You know what I mean? It isn't like a, I'm not gonna quit mentality. It's like, I'm on the biggest fucking voyage to find the way that works, you know? And that applies to the biggest possible problem you can imagine that black ink has and the smallest possible problem that black ink has. So that every problem that is solved is solved with integrity and solved with that same cadence of like, the problem will be solved. This isn't necessarily, and maybe this is more of a personal thing that like, I don't quite appreciate it because I don't have enough life experience to relate, you know, to, to retrospectively look at how things have happened for me and how I approach problems and how I approach, approach solving them. But I do know that I do have these flashbacks now when I am doing like problem solving with hands on stuff and that sometimes I remember when I was a bit younger thinking to myself like the only thing that I'm concerned about is trying to get away from the task, right? So it didn't matter what the task was, I was so much more interested in delegating the task to someone else or figuring out the easiest way to do it so it could be over quicker. My, my task was always away from the task. And I feel like now my task is the task. Like when I have, when I'm, when I, when I have a job, when I'm solving a problem, it has my undivided attention. There is nothing more important to me than solving this problem. And to, to be fair, sometimes this is a, a holdback for me because I'll be trying to solve a problem with someone that doesn't share the same enthusiasm, not for the problem itself, but for problem solving, right? Does that make sense? So sometimes I have to get a task done. I have to try and figure something else that involves someone else. And then it pisses me off when that person doesn't take the whole situation of problem solving seriously, and they see it more as like a social event or just a bypassing moment of their day. It's just like, hey man, our whole job right now is this. Let's just look at this. Let's talk about this. And when it gets off track, we'll divert it back to this. You know what I mean? And look, it's a negative thing when you're working with someone, when you're working by yourself, and especially my situation particularly, 
uh, I can just fucking hone in on a task and just do it. You know, and I can let myself be absolutely taken away by it. And I'm not, I, I have learned about myself that I'm not the sort of person that will stay up all night to, you know, work 24 hours straight on something to get it solved. I am someone who sees a lot of sense in the routine of being a human in that, you know, get to a set, pretty much when the sun goes down, I like to shut my brain off. I like to spend time with the people, you know, the people that are around me. I was going to say the people that I live with, because I mean like Louie and Larissa, but like spend some time with my family. I like to eat food at a decent time. I like to be clean before bed. I like to have my little nighttime routine, go to bed, do the whole thing. Because I see so much more sense in having, you know, 100 or 200 consecutive days of hard work rather than piecing together like weeks and, and days and bits and pieces that are like, you know, I stayed up for 20 hours straight, then I slept for 11, then I worked for fucking 36 hours straight, then I slept for eight hours, you know what I mean? Like it makes more sense if I'm just like kicking goals at the same time that society is kicking goals as well. It's the worst thing about the weekend is that everything fucking shuts down and, and like, man, the worst thing about the weekend is like a business will say, oh yeah, that takes like 10, 10 days. And you're like, is that 10 real days or 10 business days? Because, you know, you real quick go from a week and a half to two weeks when you fuck around with, with having to account these weekends, you know what I mean? So I think the, the actual like just having that routine for yourself and then also when, when you have that routine, you can then apply problem solving to it really effectively. So it's like, you know that like, right, I got all these problems solved today and I know that tomorrow has these problems and like you can replace problems with jobs or tasks or whatever it might be. Essentially, it's all the same in my mind. If I have to put in an order for some stuff that's coming in, I have to solve that problem. The problem is right, what am I buying uh, is it the most cost-effective thing? What variants have I got? What graphics am I working with? And so on. So you go on and solve that problem. And when you have this routine of like, right, I do all my hardest jobs in the morning. So I have, you have the most amount of attention, the most amount of brain power. You have the most amount of awareness. You've let me sleep on whatever the problem is as well. And now I'm waking up with it fresh in my mind, good to go. So it's like that whole routine allows you to have so much more consistency and like reliability in your problem-solving ability. And furthermore, it gives you more confidence in like attacking these new problems. And that's what I'm kind of trying to wrap up here is that when I realized that the main thing that held my business back was my inability to realize what problems need to be solved and solving them as quickly as possible and making sure that they're solved the correct way and learning from each time you solve something, being able to like take something away from it so that you can apply it to the next thing. That's when business started just fucking hammering is because the things that, and like this is as easy as not listening to customers that are telling me the things they like the most. It's crazy when I say that out loud, but I went for years not listening to customers because I was so stuck in the idea of thinking that I knew what was best for Black Ink. When you're in the business of selling things, the people who know the best thing for your business are the people fucking buying it. You know what I mean? If you're selling ice cream and you keep making shit flavored ice cream because that's what you like to eat after dinner, and the people don't want to eat your shit flavored ice cream, then you're going to be going out of business real quick. You know, it's one of those like that problem to me. How's this? I used to see people telling me the things that they want to see more of in my business as attacking me and attacking the things that I like doing and the things that I like producing within my business rather than them trying to help me. Right. It's interesting that, and like obviously that's just a whole lot more about my insecurities than it does the business or, or any of the strategy that you might see in place or whatever it might be. That just says that like obviously I have something within myself that I'm not comfortable with and every time someone says something, I'm just like, oh, this is someone saying that they hate me and this is someone saying that they don't want a part of my business and 
rah, 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 instead of just going like this person is saying like, hey, did you know if you made these sorts of hats, I would wear them because I wear those sorts of hats and I like your business, you know? It's literally that simple. Being able to translate the this thing from just like, obviously translate it from what I've just said, which is like perceiving that as an attack personally and business and a business sense, uh, translating it into like, that's a problem for you to solve, right? So let's say someone says like, oh, I really like that particular hat. And you're like, motherfucker, when I made that hat, I only made five of them and I had to give three of them away because no one wanted to buy them, rah, 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 rah. So it's not cost efficient and this and that and the other, rah, rah, rah. They didn't ask for any of that. They said if the, that if you made that hat, then they would buy it, right? Now, just a little insider tip. If you run a clothing business and 10 people say they're gonna buy something, only one of them will. But that's not important. Let's take that analogy into like, well, let's focus on it. So they say that they will buy that hat. Let's say they're being serious and they are definitely gonna buy that hat. Your problem to solve now isn't explaining to them how it's not possible and how to not hurt their feelings and all the rah, rah, rah. Your problem is figuring out how to make that one person one hat if that's the only person who wants a hat and if you don't wanna go through the stress of having to market them and sell them and hold stock or pay for them up from whatever, if that person wants one hat, the problem that you have to solve now is how are you gonna make that person a hat? The problem isn't explaining to them they can't have it. The problem isn't like anything more than like, right, I have to make one hat. I know exactly what they want. They told me what they want. That's now my problem. And if you can solve that problem, you'll make money, you know? And I used to think that like, and this is, this, is the, this is the hard part as well about having a brand because, I mean, as I say all the time, like having a clothing brand is just fucking floating into, in the abyss just like looking around and making gun fingers and like clapping your hands and hoping that people give you money because you can literally release all the shit under the sun and if it's not received, it's not received. There is no direction. There is nothing telling you like this is the wrong thing to do and this is the right thing to do. And unfortunately, everything you do takes time to see if it works or if it doesn't work. It takes indicators to know if it's going the right direction or not. And just in case you don't know, and I don't think anyone here does know, your boy's not educated. I'm not coming in with a fucking... Dude, <laughs> I... Uh, so to give you a little background about my schooling, up until year seven, I don't want to talk about because it it's in fucking a dozen different schools up north. Uh, sorry, year seven. Then year seven, we moved to Bunbury. And I went to St. Joseph's for a year. Then I went to Bunbury Catholic College for two and a half years. Then I went to Newton Moore for six months. And then I went to Bunbury High for the last little, to, for, for like the bit of year 11 that I did, which I'm pretty sure was like three quarters of the year. And then I moved to Europe for a year to be a fucking professional speed skater. And like when I came back, I went straight into the mines. I didn't like, I have no tertiary education. I don't have a full secondary education to be very honest with you. And also not going to be one of those people that's like, oh, I'm just like the schooling system isn't made for people like me. It 100% isn't made for most guys, I'm going to say. Like, if you're a guy that did, you did really well in school, like, cool. They're super lucky that you fucking take in information as a child. I didn't. I didn't. And I don't want to say, like, I'm a visual learner or I'm a hands-on learner or fucking... You know what? I'm 28 and I still don't know what sort of learner I am. All I know is that when I'm interested in something, it doesn't matter whether you've got it written down on paper, a video on YouTube, or it's someone telling me in another language while they show me. I will fucking learn it if it's interesting to me or if it means I can make money out of it. You know what I mean? So I'm not coming into this with like, what was the even point of telling you about my education? I'm not coming into it with like, oh fuck, I've done it again. Yes, I love forgetting what I'm talking about. That's so good. And the best part is, is you get to be on the other end listening to it going like, 
you were just talking about bees. It was bees. Just talk, it's bees. You know what I mean? You always want to call me and tell me, but then you realize like, oh, he recorded this like fucking 40 something hours ago, so it doesn't matter anymore. But I tell you what, I did come up with another fucking, no, why? I think I was saying that, that's right, you're floating into the abyss, gun fingers, yeah. So it's not like I understand like the fucking basics of business or marketing or advertising or promotion or production or fucking anything. Dude, the extent to which I know about those things is asking God for help. You know what I mean? Like that's literally like my direction in this world coming in with like the experience that I know from running a a coffee van. And don't forget, I bought my coffee van simply because my dad had a business as well. He as well is completely uneducated. He's a heavy duty diesel mechanic by trade. You know what I mean? He's not like, he bought a business and fucking figured it out along the way because he is just a problem solving king. You know what I mean? He is the fucking, the king of problem solving. When it comes to like, he was in a position where a business, his business was extremely valuable the more problems that you can solve, right? It wasn't one of those things where you just like, you could come in and take over the business and just, you know, you can repeat doing exactly what you're doing and make the same amount of money all the time but it had exponential value the more problems that you could solve and dad just solved all the fucking problems he could you know so in my mind it was like oh you go into business and you make heaps more money than people with jobs and that's why i bought a business and four years later i sold the business realizing that that is not at all correct the business is 100 percent reliant on exactly what you can put into it right and it's kind of been like that was my, you know, school of hard knocks when it comes to business. And that's sort of the thing that like I really relied on almost coming into business again, because obviously I had a massive hiatus of, of like not doing like, you know, actual taxable transactional business. I was still buying and selling things and, you know, wheeling and dealing as I do. And like when I say wheeling and dealing, it's like, it's just shit. You know what I mean? Like you see someone with a fucking CRF 50, you buy it for a thousand bucks, you sell it for 2000 bucks. You see someone with, oh, you got some deep cycle batteries that you're going to, you want to get rid of. I'll give you 50 bucks for them right now. You chuck them on Gumtree for 400. So like I'm very uh, capable when it comes to like, um, I'm confident in, yeah, what would you call it? I'm like, just, just like, like I'm daring in my, yeah, I, I, I'm good at like just, you know, dropping five bucks and picking up 10, I guess. But I, as I said, like, I don't really have any training or education in it. And now that I'm in the full depths of owning a business in that I don't have any outside money besides working for a coffee van on occasion, like my whole life relies on me getting this right. And when your whole life relies on getting you right, getting it right, and it isn't defined, it doesn't have a set of rules or a specific direction, you just kind of have these like decisions that you make every day, every week, every month, and you know, I'll get to a point where it's every year that they're either going to work work or they're not going to work. And obviously the spectrums of not working and working are huge. You know, it's every everything between like being dead homeless and being a billionaire, you know, but the fact is that there is no fucking there is no like right and wrong answer to the questions that you that you have to answer, you know? So give me a second. So what I try and uh, what I try and like what I do to keep myself sane, I feel is obviously and like the thing is like the knowledge that you're uneducated is super important, right? The smartest person in the room is typically the one not talking and pretending to be the dumbest. And the idea is that if you know you're uneducated, then you know you're coming from a place of zero or a place of negative. So therefore anything you go out and learn 
and do put into action and, and like you know, learn from obviously, then it means that you've got only upwards to go. So when, you know, obviously like I do everything that I can to educate myself as far as money is concerned. Um, I try to educate myself as far as small business and running an online business and all the rest, watching YouTube videos and, and following particular Instagram accounts that share really helpful information and all the rest. But realistically, I'm shooting in the dark, you know, and I'm just making it up with the knowledge that I've got as I go. And in that, I've kind of had to make some rules with myself so that even though I am uneducated, I am still making a reasonably educated guess or like decision when it comes down to D to D when it comes down to D day, right? Let me give you an example. So when it comes to like designing something, you would think that you go, oh yeah, I'm gonna design a fucking oh it's gonna have like red and then yellow and then blue and then it's gonna have black ink written underneath and under that's gonna be a sun rising. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be that. And you have like fucking you know twenty of those ideas a day. Where it's like this bizarre shirt that there might be fucking five people in your audience that they actually enjoy something like that, right? But the hardest part is being able to refine all those things that you want to do down to the thing that you actually do. And a lot of times, the hardest question is, what do I want to print? The hardest question to answer is like, what sizes do I get? What like, what, what fucking variants am I meant to get? What range am I meant to get? You know, it's like, it's, it's the most basic pieces of information that you can't figure out. The rule that I've made with myself is, is to simplify it to literally its most organic kind of like base state that you can and work your way from there. I had a friend tell me, actually I wouldn't say a friend, a mentor. He told me that like with every project, no matter how, no matter how big or small it is, at the start you need to be able to reduce it down to its like most, the smallest action that you can take that's either free or cost nothing at all and do that first. Don't worry on the massive idea that's fucking six months in the future. And if it's like having a million people wearing this one particular top, how do you get one person wearing that one top without having to pay for it to be created or anything just to see if it works, you know? And I think that one thing that I carry into knowing that I'm not the smartest person or the, you know, the most well-backed person um, academically when it comes to dealing with these business decisions what I can do is follow these rules that I set with myself and minimalize everything down to like, right, don't order 10 shirts, order two shirts. Like the socks that I just sold in, the, the socks that I just got in and sold out, I ordered 25 pairs of those. And you go like, oh, that makes sold out sound heaps less impressive. No, no, no. No, it's not actually. It's just, it's on par. It's exactly where it should be. Because if I sold out a thousand pairs, it wouldn't make any sense. I've got 1400 followers. You know what I mean? I don't even have 200 orders on my website yet. So if I sold a thousand pairs of socks, like sure, that might be impressive to you because a thousand is a big number. But when you think about it, 25 pairs of socks is fucking crazy considering I have 1400 followers and considering they sold out in under 12 hours. I mean, officially they sold out in under an, in under an hour and a half, 90 minutes, 25 pairs. That's fucking wild considering I have 1400 followers. But what I didn't do is order 100 socks, which is more cost effective and have fucking 75 of them. Well, let's say realistically, I might have had maybe 60 of them laying around still and all that dead money. Because you say to yourself like, oh, it's cheaper to get 100. I'll get 100 and then that way I'll be able to sell them later on a bit cheaper if I still got them or use them as giveaways or do this or do that. Do you know what sounds even better than that? Just paying what they're worth and fucking selling out. That's why I got 25. 25 is a minimum you can order. You know what I mean? Like 
I spent so long thinking that my business was like, and this is this is like a, a good example. I thought my business was going to be something where you print 50 tops and then once they're sold out, you never make them again. And then you make another design and you print 50 of them and once they sell out, you know, hey man, that works for fucking literally no one. That works for people that have established businesses. That works for brands that that's all they do and that's what they did from the start and they had a brand before they started printing shirts and that's all they're gonna do into the future. The reality is most businesses can't make just a certain amount of things and not make anything else until they sell all of that and their whole fucking structure is based around if you if we sell out, you miss out. Dude, in all honesty, no one cares about your business. Like, until there's like a million people who know who you are, no one wants this limited edition shit. And all it is is a diehard follower saying like, oh yeah, I fucking want it, rah, rah, rah. And yet, you know what they are? They're betting on you in the future. They're betting on you in a way that you're going to say, man, <laughs> Riz is just about home. She's just about to walk in the door. They're betting on you in a way saying that if you do last the test of time and you do have a million followers, then you're going to have a time in your future where the thing that you've made is going to be worth heaps more. So they're not really in it for the hype that you think that you're selling right now. It's an interesting little fucking... Hey, Riz. Hi. Hey, buddy. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. It's like also based around like how you... Uh, I was going to say how you perceive your selling model, but that's not really it at all. But... Yeah, look, have I been thrown off because Riz walked in the door? Of course I've been thrown off. That's all good. It's not her fault. It's just I have a very simple mind to do a podcast by myself. It is what it is. But what I will talk about is I was thinking about, and like these are the, I tend to find that a lot of things that I learn about myself come from asking myself really simple questions. And like, it's not that I ask myself simple questions. It's typically that I have these massive ideas or like areas of thought that I can then reduce down to either a statement or a question. And then I feel like that's where a lot of people button off. What I tend to do from that point is then go deeper into that statement or question and figure out how I feel about it or figure out what my answer is to that question, right? And the thing that I found myself like, I, uh, and, and this is the thing, I feel like I'm repeating myself on this podcast all the time because all I'm doing is talking about the thoughts that I have and delving into them, whether they're already established or doing it you know, live on camera. And obviously there's only so much things that I've, only so, only so many things that I can think about in general and there's only so many things that I can come up with that are new where I have a new perspective on it. But obviously there's these uh, topic heads that I've talked about before that you know, they start to intertwine and you start to have this kind of like idea sex where you get these new thoughts coming up. But at the same time, they always seem to reduce down to the same few topics at the bottom uh, at the bottom of everything. They all kind of sift into these same categories that seem to pop up over and over. And one of those categories for me is friends. Uh, only because, oh, I don't know why actually, I, I was going to say because it means so much to me, but I think that just falls into the category of like, obviously in this experience of being a human, we're all going to have friends and we're all going to be someone's friend. And, you know, hopefully if your life goes, you know, semi according to average plan, then you're going to have a friend that turns into someone that you have, you know, like a deeper connection with and it moves from friendship to a relationship to whatever you want to call it, whatever fucking thing you want to call it. But that's not what I'm here to fucking expand on. I feel like the thing that I always ask myself is what is it to be a friend? What is it to, how would I say this? 
what is it to be a friend for someone and what is it to have a friend? Because I feel like the grossest part about that whole situation is that it comes with expectations. That, and the thing that, that fucks it all up is the expectations typically don't align. Normally what happens with a really good friendship that lasts a lifetime is you have a perfect synchronicity of these expectations of what friendship is and therefore you're never expecting something that isn't going to happen and you're never surprised by something that did happen that you weren't expecting. It's like that's what friendship basically is, right? Is the fact that you both think the same way. You know, it's it's that you agree with these ideas and you go, oh no, but me and my friend have fucking in-depth debate tomorrow. Like, cool, man, I don't fucking care about your one like odd story that doesn't line up with my analogy. What I'm saying is all of my friends, the thing that we have in common is we laugh at the same shit. We like the same topics. We like the same hobbies. We like doing the same uh, like activities together and shit. I think I said that twice. Probably said it three times. But when it comes down to, and like the thing, the, the reason that I say this is, and there's probably some people that are ex, ex, in exactly the situation that I'm about to talk about watching this right now, is that I fucking like, I, I seem to have heaps of friends that just aren't friends anymore, you know? And that's all good. I like, this is the thing, as, I, as I've said in the previous podcast, people are allowed to, to change, people are allowed to grow, people are allowed to, cha- you know, change their ideas from one thing to another. And that's all good, you know? One thing I would say to, you know, I can think of probably three or four people right now. I'm not going to name them. I'm just saying I can think of three or four people that would probably go like, well, how come our friendship didn't last? You know, and obviously my first answer is people can change. The second thing is, is like, man, I just don't think you thought being a friend is the same thing as what I thought being a friend was. When it came down to the crunch, you were more interested in you than you were in me. And then, obviously, that makes me ask myself the question, well, what exactly do you expect from a friend? What exactly do you give to someone who you're a friend with? What do you think is a suitable exchange? And what do you think is too far? You know, because that's what all this asks. If you're having this conversation with yourself where you're like, well, I don't want to spend any more time with this person because X, Y, and Z. Well, then that's actually got fuck all to do with them and a heap to do with you. Because you're saying that they're not adhering to these standards that I've set or perhaps they're doing too much or going too far of things that aren't necessary in a friendship, you know? So you kind of find out more about yourself than what you do about other people in the whole thing of friendship. But I think the question that I'm actually asking is, what's an appropriate amount of love to receive from someone and what's an appropriate amount of love to give to someone? Because that's what this all boils down to. A friendship is someone that you're showing love to, you know what I mean? Like literally like buy them presents, do nice things like, and this is a fuck part, you know, like everyone thinks that friendship is like writing on their wall once a year on Facebook. Dude, my Facebook birthday hasn't been correct, uh, has been correct for years. Even like just recently I had heaps of people posting my account because I had to make a new Facebook account for these new fucking, what do you call them? Um, Facebook pages that I've started hosting, just like made it, uh, reconnected the old black ink page and like made my here fishy page and stuff like that. I needed a nice fresh Facebook account where I knew all the passwords and all the shit. And I said my birthday was the 1st of September and I had all these people post on my wall. Now, I understand we're friends on Facebook, but how good of friends are you if you don't even know it's my birthday or you don't know that it's not my birthday, you know? And I get it. That's why we have Facebook. That's why we have calendars to know when our friends' birthdays are because it's really hard to, to remember these things. It's the first day of summer, you know? It's the first day of summer the fuck and you go oh yeah but if it's the first of december and you made it the first of september and that's pretty easy to get mixed up isn't it yeah it just shows you're not my friend though 
You know, it shows you're not my friend. And for the people who are my friends, and they wrote on my you know wall on Facebook, it's like, man, if Facebook told me it was your birthday and you cared about me, I'd probably do more than post happy birthday, bro, on your fucking wall on Facebook. You know what I mean? I'd probably call you. Probably send you a message. I'd do something. But to put it on Facebook tells me that you have more interest in other people seeing that you're friends with me or showing me that you're my friend than you do actually just being my friend. And you go, oh, you're thinking into it too much. Yeah, am I? I don't know. I don't know. I just think I know what I appreciate from someone who's classing themselves to be my friend. And furthermore, I think I know what I don't appreciate. And I think this fucking public display of uh, you giving a fuck about something that you don't is just gross. You know what I mean? Like, is it not odd to expect from your friend that if it is my birthday and you do give two shits that a phone call wouldn't be out of the question? And you go like, oh yeah, but if you're calling all your friends on all their birthdays, okay, if you're going to have that argument, let me stop you right there. That means you've got too many people that you think are friends. That means that you need to actually look at your circle and figure out who the fuck there is worth caring about and care about them. Because if you've got so many friends that it would be such a tedious task to have to call them up on all of their birthdays, then you haven't got friends. You have a heap of associates. You have a heap of people that are just like, they're not even, they're fucking third and fourth leads in your life, in in the story of your life. You know what I mean? You have no sidekicks, nothing. But dude, what do I know? It's just a, and it's also one of those things where you don't want to be too, you know, definitive in what you say a friend is or should be, because then you turn into this fucking, what would you call it, like a semi-autistic version of like, no, there's rules to how you play this game, you're meant to call me on my birthday, by the way, that's not an autistic impression, that's me when I get upset, but it's just, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the friendships that I've let go are are more of a fucking letdown to me than it is to them. But at the same time, the purpose for letting those friendships go at the time was for my well-being. It was was because I felt like, I mean, obviously right now I'm thinking about a couple real specifically. But the thing that I find the most about these friendships that I realize aren't friendships, it's like the reason that I don't continue being a friend for that person is because primarily because I feel like they're not being a friend for me. And following that up, I feel like I'm doing myself damage by staying there. You know, it's like, why would I, if you don't respect me as a, not as a, you know, if you don't respect me as a mate, then by me showing up, I'm not showing me respect as a mate. You know what I mean? Like, why would I let you not take me seriously? That means that I'm not taking me seriously. It means that my time that I spend with you, the energy that I put into our conversations or situations that we get ourselves into are for nothing. You know, we get to elect who we hang out with during our lives. We don't get to elect who we work with or who we're born under, but we do get to elect who we spend our free times with. And if they don't at least want to fucking pay attention to when your birthday is, then dude, fuck off. It's all good. It is literally all good. And if you're like, oh yeah, there's no one around me who I want to be friends with all the rest. Okay, then move. That's on you. It's on you. You got to take responsibility. You know, it's not like you can't be friends with people around you because everyone is a cunt. It's probably just that you're a cunt and you're around normal people. I don't know. That's just something my dad told me once. Typically, everyone can't be wrong. That means that you're wrong if everyone is wrong. Good example. If you have five jobs, five different jobs, and you get fired from all of those jobs, i say it's in a short amount of time, that probably means that you're shit. That doesn't mean that you got five unlucky runs or five unlucky... That just means that you're not solving the problem. That means you're fucking around. You're dilly-daddling, you know? But... Man, I kind of got myself sad with that little fucking 
talk about friends. I might, um, look, I'm at 43. More was at 44 minutes. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to start winding this down and sign out. If you haven't already, I need you to like, subscribe, follow, comment, share, blast, everything, all of my social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And look, if you want some stickers, you want to go stick them on your fucking, on your, on your angle, or you want to stick them on your car, or your push bike, or your Mrs. Titties, or the fucking drive through pole at McDonald's, or a red light, or a stop sign, anything, let me know, I'll send you out some stickers, and if you need a hand applying them, I can also do that, realize that sounded creepy as I said it, that's all good, um, I've got plenty of stickers to give out, and also, don't forget, if you're listening to this today, which is Thursday, the something of September, don't forget, this Saturday, in Perth, we have the Perth Motorcycle Show at the Dog West Pavilion, I'm going to be there between 9 and 4 o'clock. There's going to be trophies for the best car and the best motorbike. There's going to be Harley, wheelie, and burnout displays. There's going to be heaps of good blokes down there, heaps of good chicks down there, having a good time, having a laugh. I'm going to have heaps of black ink stock there for sale as well. So make sure you come down, say hello, have some fun, and we'll fucking hang out for a little bit. But if you're not coming to that, go fuck yourself, and I'm out. Yo!